I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training, and I offer transformational coaching. But that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning, and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life. Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others who inspire us. Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. Happy first day of summer, Amy. Happy first day of summer, Lisa. It's so nice to have you back and talk to you. I definitely missed you last week. I know, I've missed you for the past couple weeks. But we have been, we've had a lot going on and you specifically, we haven't even talked about this yet. So I'm dying to know, while we were away, you made a dream come true and you opened up your own yoga studio in Columbus, Ohio, where you reside. How is that going? How is opening day? Tell us about it. Oh my gosh, it's been amazing. It has been a dream come true. And every day I still wake up and think, did that really happen? Like, is this really happening? And then I drive to the studio and I unlock the doors and I light a candle and I spend some time in the space and it actually did come true. So it is happening. It has been amazing. The response has been overwhelming. Just the people that have come out to support us and take class and just come into the building and see what we've done. Um, The support that I've received from the previous owner of the studio that was here before has been just so heartfelt and authentic and supportive. And the teachers that remained in place, the students that continue to practice here. I mean, I just can go on and on and on because it it really is a dream come true. It has far surpassed any dream that I thought it could be. And something that I was discussing with our listeners last week is this dream is something that you've held in your heart for a long time and you've actually considered other spaces, but then something didn't go right and it would start to feel a little bit hard. And instead of being very rigid with your dream and sticking with it at all costs, you allowed those opportunities to go. And then what ended up happening was this opportunity, radiant yoga and wellness. And it sounds like because you waited for an opportunity that felt, I mean, not necessarily easy, but it was certainly a lot more fluid um, than other opportunities that you'd considered in the past. It seems like the results are also uh, more positive because of that. Totally. The results are so much better than I thought they could be. I had looked at other spaces. I had talked to other property owners and they were nice and they could have served some purpose, but there was always a yes, but at the end of the thought around going into a new space. And so I just wanted to keep myself available and keep all the options open for when the right space came along. And the minute I said no to the last space that I looked at, this opportunity came by. And I can't even imagine being in a different space now. I can't imagine having different teachers or different students because it is just so perfect the way it is. So what else have you learned about bringing a dream into fruition through this experience? I've learned how important it is to use the tools that I try to tell everyone else to use. I have really tapped into the tools that we talk about on here because my schedule became over the top busy and my sleep was non-existent and I would forget to eat for long periods of time. I was doing all the things that create imbalance and chaos and disorder. I was doing them all myself and reaching for caffeine and reaching for sugar and, you know, just trying to keep going. And I have these tools that I advise other people to use. And so in the past week, I've really tried to double down on my self-care practices so that I am able to show up as a better person here. And 
you know, it's such a difference when you do that, when we do the things like mm-hmm. when we do yoga nidra and we do meditation and we actually go to yoga class and have somebody else tell us what to do. And when we eat at a regular time for any business owner, it is absolutely that idea of putting the oxygen mask on yourself first before you try to save or help anyone else. It, that has been one of the biggest lessons in the past couple of weeks is not driving myself into burnout, but actually walking the walk and using the tools that you and I talk about so much. When you did have those weeks where sleep was a little harder to come by and maybe your meal schedule was off, because of how long we've been practicing now, were you able to offer yourself a little bit more self-compassion rather than doubling up on the disorder that can be caused because we get so down on ourselves because we think we're being bad or wrong or we're not doing the things that we quote unquote should do? Were you able to find that kinder voice that was compassionate and knew that, you know, this was a moment in time where this is what had to happen? Absolutely. I absolutely was able to tap into that compassion because the alternative doesn't get me any further to what I want and to come from a loving place to be able to offer myself these tools and gifts that we offer other people. So it has turned this experience that could have been something that was very depleting or exhausting or stressful into an experience that is inspiring and loving and energizing by doing these practices by tapping into my self-care first, it has made this experience even better when I'm not sacrificing my sleep and my eating and my self-care, my yoga practice. When I put those things first, then my time here is even better than what it could have been. That's what I've been learning these last few months as well. All of the practices that we offer ourselves and others are incredibly important, but the number one practice is to continue to create that kinder voice inside. One thing I talked about last week is when I was away making that dream come true of leading that retreat in France and then a a big trip afterwards, I really did become imbalanced when it came to my digestion, which is really important to me. And in the past, that's caused me so much stress. Like I do a lot in order to feel balanced there because it makes me feel so much more vibrant and I probably place too much importance on feeling vital all the time. Uh, I mean, I know I'm going to feel depleted and tired sometimes, but for some reason I have this voice in my head that tells me that I've done something wrong or bad if I tend to feel that way. But this time, and it was because I was completely eating at different times and eating different food that I normally would in my day-to-day life. I was in a different country. I was in France and I wanted to experience that. I, I was kind to myself and I, I told myself, this is a moment in time and you will have time again where you're rebalancing and you're listening to your body at least and you understand that things are a little bit off. And then as you say, you can always course correct. Instead of making it worse, as I have done in the past and in my, my younger, less aware years, is I would really make myself wrong and bad. And, and then I'm working against my body and it makes everything worse. Yeah, exactly. Like why add fuel to the fire? And that's something that we wanted to share today because it is the first day of summer. A lot of us have busy vacations on the horizons. Maybe we have company coming to stay with us. Maybe we're going to stay with family. Maybe we are going on airplanes or trains or big road trips. And while travel is so fun, and the way I put it last week is that trip and travel is so beautiful for my heart and for my mind, but sometimes for the body and for our energy levels and for our digestion, it can be a little challenging. And that is one of the beautiful pieces of Ayurveda. It does offer us some suggestions in order to stay a little bit more balanced when we're on the road. First of all, just a little review on the constitution of Vata. Did you want to did you want to do that for our listeners? Sure. And, why, and why it can get so out of balance when we are on the move? So vata is the dosha or the constitution that is made up of the elements or the idea of air and ether. 
So vata, if you have a vata constitution, you can tend towards dryness. A lot of movement can imbalance what might already be going on within you, within the mind. There can be a lot of movement in the mind. The dryness can show up in our digestion as constipation or that instability can show up as variable digestion. So not only constipation, but alternating constipation and maybe um, diarrhea. Insomnia can strike when we are imbalanced. We could have trouble sleeping. We could become spacey. All the creativity that vatas really thrive on can become harder to tap into. It could be harder to focus. And vata is aggravated by travel, by the irregular routines, by irregular eating, by disrupting your sleep. So I can imagine that with all of the beautiful things that you had going on in the past few weeks, that your vata was also aggravated by all of that. Mm-hmm. Not to mention where I traveled to France and Italy, there's a nine hour time difference. Mm-hmm. So sleep is inevitably interrupted, no matter what, what you hear might help with jet lag there's going to be some inevitable sleepless nights and you knowing the body not quite understanding what time it is until for me, I gave myself about three days and then that was helpful. So there's just certain aspects of that kind of travel that's going to be challenging for Bata and it was for me. So what I did do that was helpful is very simple and that's making sure that I was connected to a practice of deeply breathing. That's very balancing for the dosha of vata is long, slow, deep breaths. Sometimes when we have a lot going on, especially if we have company in or if we're visiting or if we're traveling and we have a lot of places that we want to see and get to, if we were to check in with our breath, it would likely be shallow. And if we were to check in with the muscles around our belly, we might be tightening those, we might be constricting those, and that's a challenge too. So allowing relaxation in the belly and the shoulders, just taking time throughout the day for long, slow, deep breaths. It's really about giving yourself time to relax. The This idea of self-care, even if everybody else needs to run off to the next um, activity, can you give yourself five to 10 minutes where you're offering yourself relaxation, listening to a yoga nidra, actually getting yourself on the ground. Think about vata being in balance. That's very turbulent, like swirling air. So getting on the ground, getting onto a mat, doing some stretches in time with your breath is helpful. And then, as you mentioned, Amy, finding a schedule, and this is where it can be complicated because one of the wonderful things about traveling is retreating from your life and maybe getting out of the ordinary. So there's a part of me that completely loves to get away from my schedule. But then when I am eating at all different times, I do notice a shift and attempting to get something back on schedule, whether it be when you go to sleep and when you wake up in the morning or when you eat, that was a place that was challenging for me, especially in the part of our trip where we were driving to new destinations almost every day or every other day. So we were eating when we could, when we were hungry. The one thing that I was always able to do was hydrate, which if we think about vata being out of balance, we can become overly dry, as you said, in our system. We want to make sure we're hydrating. Being on an airplane is super dehydrating. And I do that. And I think you do this too with hot water just all throughout the day. But especially first thing in the morning, it's more easily absorbed that way. And Ayurveda teaches us that it can be detoxifying. So, And then when we do eat, attempting to find foods that are more easily digestible. When I was on the retreat that I hosted, we had a amazing, amazing chef in the south of France. And she was preparing us mostly vegetarian foods on a schedule. And I felt so much better than when I was traveling through the countryside, uh, eating eating more at restaurants and eating what was available on menus, even though my soul was incredibly happy. 
my so you know, I I did the best that I could, but the one piece that was missing that I'm going to take with me on an upcoming trip is the oil massage that we both treasure so much from Ayurveda Abhyanga. So I'll let you talk more about that because I also know that that is essential for you. But that was something that I missed when I was in Europe because around just packing, right? I wanted to travel really light and I didn't bring my Abiango oil with me. So I did miss that. Mm, I can't believe you didn't take it. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I live by Abiyanga. It saves my life on many occasions. If you think about the natural tendencies of Vata is to be dry and light and airy. If you can bring in qualities that are the opposite of that. And by doing a self oil massage, you are using an oil that is heavier, maybe warmer, denser. And it's a very grounding practice, especially if you do the practice moving from maybe the top of your head, you know, through your face, down through your body, all the way down to your feet. Just that act of slowing down and placing oil on your body in a self-oil massage is it is so nurturing and loving and a kind gift to your body, but it's also bringing in those qualities, those heavy, the heavy oil. It's like wrapping yourself in a warm blanket. It's just one of the best things that you could do for yourself when you're vata imbalanced or vata deranged. <laughs> I love that term. It makes it sound, <laughs> it makes it sound humorous and also quite serious. Yeah. <laughs> I love if if we're able to also have a bath before we can do our abhyanga massage, you know, I was staying in a lot of Airbnbs and hotel rooms and there wasn't always a bathtub, which I know is such a luxury in the first place to be able to have a bath each night, but that really does help me when I'm at home. And then again, just back to the breath. When we are giving ourselves that massage, allow that to be a time for a very relaxing breath practice, making sure that breath is really filling and expanding the belly. I I go back to that again because I know how key that is for me. When I'm really busy, I can check in with all the areas around the belly button and it's all very tense. And sometimes even when I'm practicing yoga, I have to check in with myself and make sure that I'm allowing expansion there. So I think that's a a key practice for anybody who has a busy schedule at all, whether you're traveling or not, check in with the belly and relax there a little bit and allow the breath to fill there, not just there, but allow the breath to fill and expand ribcage as well, really full, deep breaths. And another simple practice is visualizing the breath going down to the base of your body. From a yoga philosophy perspective, that downward air, the downward wind sending our breath down is also helping the process of elimination too. So that visualization is helpful. Definitely. And that's one of the first things, whether people would like to admit it or not, when they travel is that can be disrupted is your digestion. Like you said, visualizing the breath moving down through the body also helps to other things to move down and out through the body, including your digestion. And, and I think most people can agree when they travel that that's something that they might notice pretty quickly is their digestion is disrupted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I talked to a, a lot of people on the retreat and a lot of us were sharing that experience. So these were practices that I offered there as well. Okay, is that that's product that are those the big tools that we would offer for people who are traveling to help keep vata in check? Yeah, those are all very helpful. Sticking to a routine, trying to maintain a regular sleep schedule, not over scheduling yourself when you're traveling. I think we want to do all the things and see all the things and squeeze every experience in, but to maybe do less and be able to enjoy more is is a helpful tip that we don't always give ourselves permission to do when we're traveling. And I'm sure being in France and being in Italy, that would have been a very hard thing to talk anyone into. 
just to maybe slow down and enjoy what's in front of you and not try to do all the things. And also maybe allowing your travel time, you know, we get on a plane and we fly somewhere and then we get off the plane and we immediately start doing things usually. Could we allow a day at the beginning of our trip and a day at the end of our trip just for rest? Once we arrive to our destination, could we just allow a day of rest? And once we arrive home, could we allow another day just to rest and reacclimate and not step back into our daily routines of home life? Yes. Let's remember that planning a vacation to make space to actually take it easy, to actually completely rest and restore. And to build upon what you said, while my husband and I were traveling and we were in a car and we were going from village to village and town to town, I was thinking about you actually, because when we planned this trip, it was very ambitious. I was looking at the map of France. I'm like, oh, we can see that and that and that. And I was researching all the places that I wanted to go. And it became very clear to us, probably day four, we're not going to be able to see all of these places. We don't want to get back in the car now. Now that we've come to our our accommodations and our destinations, we want to take some time to rest. We want to take an afternoon nap. We started to do uh, we started to listen to Yoga Nidra together in the afternoon to restore ourselves. And most specifically, we were in the south of France. We were in the area of Nice and Cannes. And when I had looked at the map, I'm like, oh, we're going to see Saint-Tropez. We're going to see Nice. We're going to go here, here. There's so many little towns right on the Mediterranean to see. And once we got there, we were so happy with where we were staying near this hilltop village of St. Paul de Vence above Nice. And I knew that the city of Caen and Nice were busier. And we just decided not to go down, even though those are cities that some would say you have to see when you're in the neighborhood. We were very relaxed where we were. That hilltop village that I mentioned was more chill, not too many crowds. We were able to walk around in in a real leisurely manner. So we did make some choices that caused us to miss out. So I had to keep my FOMO in check, my fear of missing out. But I realized that just being in that environment and the beauty that was surrounding me and spending that time with my husband, that was real vacation as well. So I agree with you. We have ideas of how our vacations should be, but let's make sure that we are creating time to just be present with the people that we love because it's also pretty balancing verbata to come from the heart, to open up our heart and soften a little bit, soften the tension that we have about wanting to do it all and wanting to make this the best summer ever. And as you say, do less and spend time with the people that you love, spend time with yourself and spend time truly getting away from the busy rush of day-to-day life. Exactly. Exactly. That's the vacation I want to go on. <laughs> you will. You you must be having that in your mind for the future. Yes, for sure. Not that not that I need a vacation from what I'm experiencing because it is mm-hmm. extremely joyful right now mm-hmm. and inspirational and energizing. But a vacation for me really has to include a lot of downtime and a lot of rest for me to really experience vacation. Mm -hmm. And we can have many vacations, you know, even if you don't have something planned that takes you out of town, you can have a mini vacation each and every day, you know, go to walk somewhere beautiful in nature, um, take dinner outside, outdoors. There's lots of different ways that we can turn off from our regular schedule, turn off technology, unplug and go recharge, even if it doesn't mean that we're packing a suitcase and we're getting out of town. Staycations are the best vacations usually for me. I agree. I have that plan in the month of August here in beautiful Vancouver. Mm. Um, The other constitution that can get really out of balance for those of us who live places where it gets quite hot in the summer is the second of the third constitutions that we all have. We all have vata. We all have pitta, which is what we're going to discuss now. We all have kapha. And pitta is related to the element of fire. So 
think about it. You live somewhere, the heat rises, temperatures soar, we start to feel heated up, and pitta is there, it's meant to reside sort of in the belly. Think of it as the fire in your belly, and it helps us to digest food. It also helps us to digest our lives. And people who have pitta in their constitution, and I have a lot of pitta, when we're balanced, it's clear-minded and it's it's intellect and we're able to achieve the things that we want in our life. When we become overheated, if we feel the heat that's meant to reside in the belly, kind of like our power center, if, we, if that heat starts to rise in our physical body, if we start to feel that heat in our head, then that can cause frustration and anger. That can cause conflict. And I was noticing this even on my travels, Amy, because the weather was very different in different areas of France and Italy. And where we were on retreat just during that week, there were some nice cooler days, which were great for going out and sightseeing. And then when we were in uh, another couple of the cities that were closer to the Mediterranean, they were quite hot and tropical. And I could notice the mood of the people around me seemed to be a lot more irritated and frustrated when we were in the hotter environments. And in myself, you know, I could, I noticed that in myself as well. So let's talk about keeping Pitta in check when it's Pitta season, warm summer. So the first logical thing to do in Pitta season when it's hot is to try to seek coolness. And that might not always be possible. It might not be possible to get out of the heat. If it's the heat of summer and somebody has a Pitta constitution and they're becoming Pitta aggravated, any opportunity to cool them down, to slow them down should be taken. So cooler drinks, water, being near water, either if you can go near an ocean or a lake or a pond or take a bath, anything that can cool the body down, cool the mind down. So if you think of aromas like lavender or rose are very pitta balancing, they're very loving aromas, but they also have a coolness to them. And that can help to pacify pitta. Using cooler spices, so avoiding the, the hot spices, avoiding things that are very cayenne or peppery, and sticking to the cooler, maybe cilantro or cucumber or coriander, having your foods be spiced but not spicy can be helpful as well. Bringing in sweetness for pitta can be very pacifying. Sweetness in all things, sweetness in your foods, sweetness in the taste, sweetness in aromas, being surrounded by loving sweetness in general can be very pacifying to pitta. Mm -hmm. Cultivating love and compassion is soothing for a pitta mind. Think Think about pin of mind also when we start to feel a little bit more controlling, um, easily frustrated when we want things to be exactly this way, when our mind is really loud with the shoulds, things should go this way and my child should be doing this and I should be doing more of this. That can be a sign that there's more pitta alive in the mind. And just as you said, Amy, we wouldn't normally go to this immediately, but how can you cultivate more of an open-hearted quality? What can you bring into your awareness that can open your heart? It's a beautiful internal mantra to actually even say, to take five minutes by yourself and internally say to yourself, may my heart be open. Mm -hmm. Just even asking for that, asking for help from not just somebody physical that you know, but asking for help from something bigger than you, whatever your belief system might be. But when we notice that our mind is racing with everything that we should do and others should do, we find ourselves really easily frustrated, taking a moment to relax and making that request. May my heart open now. Mm -hmm. I love that. Me too. That's something recently that, that came to me through my yoga therapy course and it's a beautiful 
touchstone throughout the day just to check in, you know, is my heart open? Am I living more from the voice in my mind that is a habit, that is a pattern that's telling me how I'm supposed to look and what I'm supposed to achieve and how I'm supposed to spend my day and what kind of mother I'm supposed to be constantly coming from a place of fear. Honestly, if we think about that voice, it's coming from a place of not being enough. And if we can consistently catch ourselves, now, is my heart open? May my heart be open? And that can really shift us to a place of being enough. Did When you were traveling, did you notice the shift in yourself when you got into areas that were hot or overpopulated? I would notice that I felt it less comfortable. I would notice that the fear that can sometimes arise when we're traveling would come to the surface. And yeah, I would start to be in fear. I would start to think about worst case scenarios rather than coming from a place of love, which is, of course, we always want to keep ourselves safe and aware when we're traveling. But coming from a place of fear is very different than making choices based on people are primarily good and coming from a place of um, a presence and staying present. Because when we're in fear, then we're also immediately no longer right here, right now. And there's a constriction in our breath, which causes a constriction in our body, which causes a constriction in our mind. It's, it's all connected. So I didn't have the may my heart be open tool when I was traveling However, I can feel that. I can feel that within and I can bring some awareness to it. And I know that I need to take a few breaths and I know I need to feel my feet on the ground and and just be present with whatever is more about observing it than believing those fearful thoughts. So tell me about the food. You went to two places that have some of the best food in the world Tell me what that was like traveling and wanting to experience all these different flavors and tastes and opportunities that you might not get again. Tell me what that was like. And then what did you notice in your body or your mood? Well, Cliff and I absolutely love to eat. We, that's something that's been a shared passion of ours and we love to cook together. We love to read cookbooks And so we were really excited about going to France and Italy for the food. It is very different. As I mentioned on the podcast last week, the entire culture around eating is incredibly different. Whereas at home, I might eat the quote unquote healthy foods that that I believe that my body needs. I will probably eat those on the kitchen counter while doing something else before I have to leave, even though it's always my intention to sit down and breathe and really taste all of my food. Sometimes I'm still making something and I'm eating it in the car. It's just the reality of day-to-day life. Well, there, our day could be based around where are we going to have lunch? And we really notice that the people who live locally in the villages that we were visiting, lunch was a really big deal. And spending time sitting at a table with loved ones or on a blanket in a city park, nobody on their phones, everybody just really savoring what they were eating, savoring the experience of being together and not rushing. You know, there wasn't a sense of rushing to get through what they were eating in order to see the next thing. And I was noticing that in myself because as we've said, there's a lot that I want to go see this afternoon. But I also recognized that and I wanted to be in the moment with what we were eating and how we were eating. And so for sure, the culture in France and Italy is a lot more about bread. And I think a lot of us here in the West have demonized bread. And, you know, some will say that bread there is very different than it is here. And, you know, I'm not sure about that, but I allowed myself to eat what was brought to me. And I allowed myself, most importantly, not to come from a place of fear with what I was eating. Because that is the place that I bring a lot of humility in my life because that is a place that I've struggled with. We've talked about that here. Guilt and shame around food and making sure that I'm eating the right thing. That's caused me a lot of stress and probably a lot of the imbalance with digestion will go on because there's worry connected to what I'm consuming. I did let that go there. And I could see there was one place that we went to 
in Tuscany. And it was a very small place in a town called San Miniato, I believe, between Luca and San Gimignano. And we just found this small, small place. Three women were working there, two were serving, and one woman was doing the food preparation. And we could see her, a young woman. You could see her making everything with such care and love, and it was presented to us with such care and love. And that meal, that was kind of a life-changing meal. We took a picture of that meal. I don't normally do that, but that was a meal of a lifetime. And not because it was super fancy and complicated. It was very simple. It was made from a place of love and that's what it was like to consume it. And any stories that I might have about carbs and, and food combinations, you know, they just went out the window because it was so incredibly delicious. And I, I think that that's a big piece too. We've talked about this before. Even if you feel like you might be consuming something that is, you've read is not great for you, if you are absolutely enjoying every little morsel so much and just treasuring the experience, then I think that there's less of a chance to become imbalanced. So to answer your question, the, the food both in France and Italy was spectacular. It, it just felt so real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just hearing you describe it, I can just imagine how it could assimilate within your body because of the way it was made with such love and care that your body could totally extract all, all of that, all of the love as one of the main ingredients and then all of the other ingredients as well, that even though you were traveling and somewhat Vata imbalanced, the quality of the food and with the care that it was made probably made that experience so much better than it could have been if you were traveling and eating food that wasn't created with such care and love. And I will admit, however, that by the time we got to Paris, which was the last stop on this very epic trip, because we were in Tuscany, we went to Florence, we took a train from Florence to Venice, and then we flew from Venice to Paris. So really, I mean, you're as an Ayurvedic practitioner, you're probably just cringing, like hearing, I was in cars, and then I was on a train, and then I was on a plane, and this is all in a span of two weeks. But by the and and I think the last three days in Paris after also being on a plane, after being on a train, that's when I did start to experience that dryness in the digestive system. And I'll totally admit that in Paris, you know, I was, I probably was eating beyond full. So that's, that's the place where I can absolutely admit and, and just be authentic enough to say that my body was not really hungry and I was still eating. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, that was, that was, that was true. That was true. I, I was quote unquote, overeating in Paris. And I know that's why there was a reaction from my body like there was. And it took me a couple of days to balance myself when I got home. And listen, every day I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm okay with not knowing. But I, I, I was aware at the time, you know, oh, I probably don't need to have this dessert now, but oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, and if you're ever going to overindulge, I think Paris would be the place to do it, wouldn't it? Well, there you go. Thank you, Amy. Now I have all that permission. <laughs> yes. I mean, cut yourself a break. You're having this lifetime experience and how could you pass that up? How could the memories that you have of that one life-changing meal in itself, how could you pass that up by maybe chastising yourself and saying, oh, but I shouldn't have any more. I've had enough. Like you would have missed that experience. Yeah, it's true. I just wanted the experience to keep going. Um, so yes, it's, so there's a you know there's a equal reaction for every action, and it was beautiful for my heart and for my mind. And it's a trip that I'll never forget. And it was my dream come true. Just like you over there in Columbus have made radiant yoga and wellness a reality. I I have been longing to take a retreat, first of all, somewhere internationally and, and longing to go to France and Italy. 
So you're right. It, it did change me. And I think that's what happens when we travel. It's not just about what we see, but we become a little bit different. And I said this last week, but I'll just, I'll just let you know, the, the big difference for me is less achievement and more time with people that I love. I really, that was just all around me. When we were in the city of Bordeaux, teenagers were just in cafes talking with one another and enjoying each other for hours and hours and they were not on their phones. So I love the culture of being with the people that you love and making more time for the people you love. I'm sure you and I can both relate when we're trying to schedule seeing a friend, sometimes we're going like two, three weeks in the future and we're putting it on our calendar. <laughs> we, you know, we have to schedule that time. And I, I think it's just more of a priority there. That, that was my perspective anyway, from the way it looked on the outside. It seemed like it was more of a priority to spend time with friends and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like how you said less achieving because our culture is so stuck on doing more and being more and making more and the end result is we're missing out on life when we're trying to do all those things. So yes, I totally will hop on to your goal of spending more time with family and friends and trying to make that a higher priority than maybe I have offered it in the past. Hmm. Well, then I'll get to benefit from that because I'll be able to spend more time talking with you. I know. And let's, uh, let's, let's close this, this episode that way because when a new season comes into our experience, it's nice to take a moment and honor that rather than right away moving on to the next thing. This is part of the practice of being present with the flow of life around us. It helps us to feel more connected. It helps us to feel more connected with each other and with nature. And really that practice of staying connected to the rhythm of life helps us to be more balanced doshically as well. That's just, it's just a very simple thing that we can do. But, but as we're talking about something that we don't consider making the time for, So we thought we would close this episode by maybe sharing some of our summer intentions and encouraging those of you listening to take some time and plant some seeds for the season. And this doesn't necessarily mean to come up with more things that you need to achieve, but just a gentle and compassionate North Star um, to add a little bit more purpose to this new season. Every new day we wake up, it's an opportunity to be new and to feel renewed. And we must all realize that what makes us keep feeling as though we're living the same days over and over again, it's not the reality of the day, it's where our thoughts go. We have to remember that our thoughts are just habits and patterns. And if we weren't thinking what we tend to think over and over again, I mean, everybody listening and you, Amy and me, we can all identify specific thoughts that we have all the time about perhaps how we look, how we want to look, how we want our homes to look, how we want our relationships to be. That takes up a lot of headspace. Well, when we set intentions, we purposefully help ourselves to think thoughts that are more heart expanding rather than these thoughts of scarcity and not enough. So one of my summer intentions, and then I'll, I'll leave it to you, is more presence, but specifically more sunrises and more sunsets. Mm, I like that. In my day-to-day life, in the morning, yes, I have my morning practices, but... I can also get consumed with the emails that are coming in, the texts, and a little bit of scrolling too. I've gotten pretty good with scrolling, but sometimes I'll catch myself going to the emails and then the sun just rose and I, and I missed it. And I, I could have gone for a walk at that time. I could have woken up and gone out to my patio at that time. And then in the evening, sure, there's things on Netflix that we want to watch that we're going to be watching, but more time enjoying the sunrises and the sunsets. That's a specific intention I have for the summer. I think for me, I need to place 
much more specific boundaries around what is work time and what is free time. Because now as a business owner, all the time is work time. Mm -hmm. And I can get lost in always being on the computer, like you said, checking the emails and for me checking like the sales and checking the attendance and checking the social media and I can look up and it's two hours later and I should have gone to bed a while ago and I can just get very lost in that. And so I, my intention is to come up with a no electronics schedule, mm-hmm. whether that's so many hours before bedtime and then throughout the night, which will make it so that I'll have to put my phone like outside my bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I need that right now. I need very hardcore boundaries around what is work and what is not work time. And I think it's going to look like something like, you know, 9 PM to 6 AM is no electronics, no computer, no iPad, no phone at all. And see how that goes. Yeah, and sometimes when we think about putting boundaries and rules on ourselves, it can be human nature to to want to rebel against those rules. But those boundaries that I'm hearing you talk about, that's that's actual self-care. That's deciding, that's flipping the way that we would normally think about rules and deciding that, you know, I'm worthy enough to have a good sleep and I'm worth having this time to relax and do something that's going to serve me more than looking at this email, or I'm worth more than having to give all my time away to answering these emails right now. You know, we can we can flip the way we think about things that we believe we have to do. And also, I know that you're giving yourself a lot of slack because you've been a business owner now for just a couple of months, and it will take a little while in order to find a rhythm that serves you on all levels. I would like to find that rhythm early and mm-hmm. set myself up early on in this experience of owning this business so that I don't reach a critical state of burnout and I don't reach exhaustion or depletion. And I really want to enjoy this experience. And I see other business owners really sacrificing their themselves for the love of their business. And I get that. But I also want to be very healthy through this process. And so I'm trying very early on in owning this business to come up with some schedules and routines that support me so that I can show up for this place as much as I want to, the way the people have shown up for me in opening the business. And something that I talked about last week is the importance of asking for help. Are you able to ask for help and delegate so that you are able to have some more time to stay healthy so you're thriving and your business is thriving? Oh, yeah. My, my support system here is over the top. It's so amazing. The teachers here are some of the best in the city. They want this place to prosper and succeed. And they're constantly asking me what they can do to help. What more can they do? How can they support the studio? How can they support me? My husband is a dream in supporting the business. He, he couldn't be more supportive and he has been an immense help to me in opening this place. He has done heavy lifting. He's done maintenance. He's passed out flyers. He stood on the street and harangued people to come in like he he's amazing so yes my support system is is there and I am leaning into them because they are a dream come true Mm, I love to hear that and please take a whole bunch of pictures we have already shared some exterior shots of radiant yoga and wellness on our Facebook page the radiant warrior podcast and on Instagram but Continue to take some pictures and we'll share that with our community. And then I book my flight. I'm going to be coming there um, mid, or early to mid-September. So we'll definitely be recording from there. And I'm so looking forward to coming and seeing it. And I'm 
proud of you and I'm so happy for you. Um, good, good, good job. I, have you been able to take some time and, and really, have you been able to take some time and celebrate that you have created something out of thin air. You have created your dream. You've brought it into the light. You know, I do take time every day and just try to acknowledge that. I'm still in that period where it seems very surreal and I keep waiting to wake up from this dream or I wake up in the morning and, you know, kind of have to say, yeah, that's a real thing. That's a real place and you're going to go there today. But when I'm here... I don't want to leave. I just want to be here. And even when the studio is empty and it's quiet, there's so much love in this place and there's so much inspiration and the history in the building. You can feel the building's 200 years old and it's just a stunning place to be. And for me to even spend time here, yes, I am, I am soaking up every minute and just being so grateful for this opportunity. Oh, well, for our listeners in Ohio, you've got to check this place out because what I know about you, Amy, what I know about my friend, Amy, is that you are such a natural nurturer. And I can imagine that you are nurturing this place and you are consistently thinking about the students that are going to experience the space and you are putting all of your love on the space so that you can offer this really secure, beautiful, sacred spot for people to spend time so that they can be practicing all of the self-care that we are encouraging others and ourselves to practice. I'm so excited to see it. And Columbus is so lucky to have you. Yes. I can't wait for you to see it. You're going to die. It's just, it's everything. Thing I've wanted and more, and you're going to love it. I just know you are. I can actually say that I probably won't die because when I was in France and Italy, I thought if a person could die by being <laughs> overwhelmed by beauty, I would have been dead several times over. So guess what? I have beauty resilience. I will see it and I will be able to enjoy it and live through it. <laughs> good, good, because I want you to live through it. It's, yeah, it's just, it's a dreamy space. Okay, well, we are going to head right to our different social media channels and we are going to ask you to share all of your summer intentions, either in our Radiant Warrior community page on Facebook. You can always ask to join there or in our Instagram or Facebook business pages for the Radiant Warrior podcast. So we appreciate everybody who's been listening every week. Um, more and more listeners are sharing with us each and every week. And that just makes us so grateful. Please continue to subscribe and review if you can, because it really does help this show be seen by others who might need it. Yoga and Ayurveda to help us reclaim our courageous heart. All right. Love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior podcast. If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.